The 370th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Hi-yo, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 370. He's going to go out to one of our friends in the Discord, Dredney, who killed it with his contrarian picks on the weekend and made lots of money in the process. So this goes out to him. I think I've given, I sent some out to him before, but hey, we're 370 episodes in. I'm going to duplicate uh, and uh, repeat myself once in a while. Thanks for coming to the show. I will be Jeff Chalks Fox, one of your fearless hosts. Uh, this is one of our Monday episodes, which means we're not going to talk UFC. No, we're going to talk original promotion, which my co-host is the a expert in. Um, it would be Cage Warriors. Hopefully, he's an expert in Cage Warriors. We'll find out in a second. We have covered it before, and his stats on regional events are pretty pretty good. Regional being non-UFC, uh, so even big promotions we call regional. So um, we're going to talk about, like I said, some Cage Warriors this week. Let's bring in the brains behind all of this, the one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. Yeah, so I think we've only done Cage Warriors twice this year, which is uh, kind okay. of a bummer. We we should do Cage Warriors more often, but uh, well, I, it, I let you pick usually, so come on. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like I'm uh, only four and four because it looks like there's some canceled fights in there. Uh, two of my wins were underdogs, and I would be just a smidge under even so far on the year on them. So um, definitely not my uh, my best uh, at the moment, but. Things are going to get better, right? And and I I like this, this I like this uh, fight card not not necessarily because it's got a lot of like UFC level talent, but because it's got like interesting enough matchups. Which is like, hey, we covered PFL last week. Um, if you want to talk about, hey, you want to recap that? Yeah, I mean, I went four and one, and I think if you add up all my picks, I lost thirteen bucks um, oh, on a hundred dollar no. bets on each one because that's how chalky the fit. I mean. Dude, we, we broke down a fight where I was like, I don't know. He should be like a negative 900 favorite. Negative 1,600. Um, and it was like, dude, I don't know what they were doing with their matchmaking, which is obviously a, a whole nother podcast. We could talk about their matchmaking and yep. uh, what they've chosen to do with their playoffs and whatnot. Um, it's not good. Uh, but maybe we take a break from talking about PFL and instead we get to uh, a, a much more interesting card here, which is uh, Cage Warriors 156. Cage Warriors 156 going down this weekend in uh, Cardiff. Um, we'll, we'll break that down in one second. I, I got to tell you about our friends at Bird Dogs before we, we dive into things here because Bird Dogs will make you look good no matter what you're doing. Uh, Bird Dogs make you look good. That's what they say. And that's what I just said on my own. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than the regular shorts as well. Better because regular shorts are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Hopefully, all of these cage warrior fighters are rocking some bird dogs. Um, if you're not rocking bird dogs, here's what, here's what you got to do you got to go to Bird Dogs, B I R D D O G S dot com slash pool p-o-o-l and enter promo code p-o-o-l pool for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's bird dogs dot 
Yeti.com slash pool for free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right. Cage Wars 156. Bonner versus Stewart goes down on Canada Day. Everyone knows when Canada Day is this Saturday, July the 1st, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time is the start time. It is on UFC Fight Pass, which is always convenient. And it is going down, like I said, in Cardiff, Wales from the Vale Sports Arena. Ever been in the Vale in the Vale Sports Arena, Dan? I have not. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Just just thought I'd put that out there just in case. Uh, we got a nine-fight card. Gummy's picked the five that he's most interested in. And uh, we're going to break down those. We do not have any odds, correct? I don't, we do not. But, the, but some people prefer that. Yep. People tend to like this. Gummy makes people money by guessing the odd. And then when odds and then when the real odds come out, if they see a big discrepancy, they jump on it and make money because we have smart people listening to our show. Yeah, I think yes. so. Yes, for sure. All right, we're going to start with a Bantamweight fight. 135 pounds. Second from the bottom, Reese McEwen versus Leonardo de Oliveira. Or Oliveira. Uh, I'll tell you about de Oliveira first. Balanina, Balin. So B-A-L and then the Ina thing. Do you know what, what that means? Balina? uh i it would be yeah i don't know i got no idea candy is what it translates as candy candy so that right on. little candy or something L- little ca- little candy <laughs> okay um <laughs> all right he is eight and five one knockout five submissions he's been knocked out three times this is his debut in cage warriors he's lost two straight fights and won- only won two of his last five he's not won a fight since september of 2019 he has not fought since april of 2022 he fought once in World Series of Fighting, I think some kind of European series, and won there. Uh, he used to fight down at Flyweight, and 2011 was his pro MMA debut. McEwen, 6-1, one knockout, four submissions. He's been submitted once. 3 and on cage wears. That's part of a three-fight winning streak. Two of those wins have come via submission. Four years younger than De Oliveira, three inches taller. Uh, why'd you pick this fight, first of all? So I picked this fight because if you go down the fight card outside of like some of the ones up top, um, th- there's a lot of like one and two versus O and O. Uh, there's a yeah. women's featherweight fight that's O and O versus O and one. We got a three and one or a three and three versus a three and four. So like this one had the most respectable record, six and one Reese McEwen, eight and five uh, Leonardo de Oliveira. Um, but at the, the same time, I so this is going to be a fight where McEwen is going to be like probably negative 300. I'm picking McEwen in this one too. I think so. So part of the problem with McEwen, in, in my opinion, if you're looking for a reason to discount him as a prospect, as a guy who might get signed one day is I think he's way too comfortable on his back. I think when he gets taken down, he's a little bit too happy to just be on the ground doing jujitsu. Um, and, and it, it could cost him, especially against better grapplers. The difference is I just don't think Oliveira is that guy. He, he's a guy who throws like big clubbing hooks. Um, the takedown attempts I've seen from him are, are not bad, but they're so infrequent. And he kind of just like pulls them out when it seems like he's tired of throwing clubbing hooks. Um, and McEwen, you know, has a really nice double leg. He shoots, he pushes through, he finishes out with a good angle. Um, if he does get stuffed on the first attempt, he does re refix it, goes to the single, back to the double. Um, he's particularly good against the cage. And actually, I think his, I think he could use to strike more because he does like to get to the grappling early. And like I said, if he gets taken down, he's happy to be on the ground. But when he's standing, like he's kind of got surprising power with his hooks. I've seen him knock a guy out with a kick. Um, I, I really wish he struck more, but, uh, the biggest thing he needs to do is work on getting back up when he gets taken down. 
Um, but that shouldn't be a problem here against Oliveira. So I'm going to take McEwen. I'm going to say negative 300. Anywhere in that range or in the negative 200s, uh, for sure, parlay material. You get towards, uh, I, I mean, I guess even anywhere in the negative 200s, just straight up play him. But like early 300s, he, you could just throw him in a parlay. Throw him in a parlay. So around minus 300 is what you're expecting around that? that yeah, that's what I would expect. Okay. All right, cool. We are moving on to... We're going up a few fights to uh, 205 pounds. That would be light heavyweight. Andy Clamp versus Hassan Abdenami. Yeah, Abdenami. Hassan. It's got a G at the front, but I'm assuming the G is silent. Hassan Abdenami, correct? Correct. I believe so. All right. All right. Um, Abdenami is 4-0, two knockouts, one submission. This is his Cage Warriors debut. He's finished his last two fights, last two wins. However, he's not fought since December of 2019. He is a regional champion. Uh, Clamp, the Vice, is a nickname. I get it. I get it. Good nickname. He's 11-2, seven knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. 0-1 in Cage Warriors. He's won three of his last four, and over his last seven, he's gone five and one with one no contest. Uh, he won his last fight via TK. Sorry, excuse me. Lost his last fight via TKO. He also is a pro grappler. No, Gumby will give you more info. So Abdenabi is, for those who don't know, it was a kickboxer uh, for a, a decent part of his career, which is why we only see him with four pro fights and getting a fight like against Clamp. I, I think he's going to come in here against the favorite uh, or as the favorite because I think you know he's exciting on the feet. I'm going to say uh, he'll it, probably hover right around negative 175. You probably get Clamp on the return at plus 150. Um, I'm going to say Abdenabi winds up the favorite because people do like his kickboxing. But I will say in the fights that I've seen from him in the MMA sphere, and first of all, kickboxing looks much better, obviously. Not surprising. Um, but when he's fighting MMA, he seems really worried about being taken down um, to the point where it, like his posture is all fucked up. Um, he like crouches like he's already trying to get under hooks on a takedown that hasn't happened yet. Um, and as a result, his striking looks worse. Um, in the clinch, he, he definitely muscles uh, everything he's trying to do quite a bit because he is a big tough strong guy especially for that weight class um you know he's he's i, w- I think i said he was six four um but he like muscles things a little bit too much when he does get people down he's got skills on the mat like he's got a nice arm triangle he's got some nice top control but like in order to get people down he kind of has to like go hard with the muscles now clamp on the other hand He's definitely much slower on the feet. There's there's no doubt about that. Occasionally, I've seen him shoot his takedowns from too far away, which obviously gives me a little bit of pause. But when he does get in on a takedown, it is quite good. Um, I'm actually really impressed with Clamp's grappling. Um, if you go back and, you know, you said he's coming off of having lost a fight uh, by, you know, first round knockout. He lost to Chuck Campbell. Um, and, and Chuck Campbell, by the way, was recently fighting for the cage warriors championship at lay heavyweight, um, which is, I mean, he wound up losing to Modestus Bukoskis in the fourth round. So like, you know, no shame there. And he also fought in Bellator and lost a split decision to Tyree fortune. So like Chuck Campbell's a legit dude. Clamp took him down a couple of times. Um, And for me, that tells me like, look, Hey, if, if he can get Chuck Campbell down a bunch of times, I really think he can get, Abdenabi down anytime he wants to. I think he should take him down fairly regularly. Um, and, and so, like, I, I'm going to actually go dog here. I, I like uh, Andrew Clamp. All right. What was the number again we're getting on him approximately? I, 
I think probably like plus. I think probably plus one fifty. But I'll be honest, I right. bet him all the way down to even. If if it gets down to to a pick him, I think I'd still pick Clam. I'd probably be a little hesitant if he starts to leak into being like a negative one forty, negative one fifty favorite. It's a little bit too tight of a fight there, and you know, with with Abdanabi being so big and strong, like I might it might cause me to pause if Clamp winds up being the favorite. But like anywhere at dog money or pick him money, definitely Clamp. All right. What are we going to move on to now? Let me get back to my screen here. I got I got to stop uh, multitasking here, Dan. We're going up a fight to down a weight class, up up a fight on the fight card to lightweights. Ewan Davis, Davies, excuse me, versus El Haji Naje. I assume it's Ewan, I-E-U-A-N. I think it's E-U-N. E-U-N, of course. Versus El Haji Njai. Njai is how you say it, right? Right. Sure. You believe? You're not agreeing N-G- with me? NGI. Yeah, I think you're N-G-I. right. NGI. Game Day is the nickname, which is, a, I think it's a soccer player, maybe, that he's named after or something like sure. that. I Googled it, but I forgot already. He is 4 and 2, NGI, with one knockout. He's been knocked out himself once. 0 oh, and 2 in Cage Warriors. That's part of a two fight losing streak for him. He's not won a fight since November of 2019. Davies, 3 and 0, oh, a knockout, two submissions. So he's finished every fight. 1 and 0 in Cage Warriors, 2 inches, Charlotte, and Jai. So both these guys, not much experience, but Gumby knows a bunch about him, I'm sure. Davies should be a massive favorite if he, here. And if he's not, like, bet the hell out of him. Um, like, if you can get him under negative 300, I'm going to say he's probably negative 375. Okay. Um, and if you can get him anywhere near negative 300, just like, you know, light up the books because he's so much better than GIE. Uh, he fights really long and he, he fights. I mean, he's very strong, but he fights really long, both in that he uses his jab and his strike really well. But he also uses this like he's got like a f- jumping front kick that he throws to people's chest um, that backs them up, too. And then when they rush back in, he actually has a really nice takedown and he's super punishing on top. He takes a back really quickly. Um, th- there's a real lot to like about Davies. Um, I haven't really seen a weakness in him yet. Maybe it exists in there. Um, but even like as a tall guy, he doesn't do like the tall guy defense things like the lean away and stuff like that. And then NGI, like in the fights I've seen, he, he just throws his punches from his shoulders. So they don't look like they have much on him and they're not good defensively. He's crazy hittable. If you get him anywhere near close to being in a clinch, he like spazzes out and looks like he's freaking out. Like Davies should win this without even trying for the most part. So again, probably negative 375, but like there's value in Davies on your parlays. All right, there you go. There's also value in using underdog fantasy because we are brought to you by underdog fantasy. That's not the only reason there's value there, but that's, that's one of the reasons. Uh, Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and they're active in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right. Moving right along. Co-main event time. Bantamweights. Rory Evans versus Jack Eglin, three five-minute rounds. All these are three five-minute rounds that we're covering today. Eglin, three and two, two knockouts, one submission, and he's been knocked at once and submitted once, so he's never gone the distance. One and two in cage wearers as part of a one and two streak that he's currently on. He did win his last fight via TKO. He's inch taller than Evans. His age, unknown. Ooh, mysterious. Evans, 
five and four, one knockout, two submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted three times. So he's been finishing all of his losses. Three and one in Cage Warriors. He's won four of his last five, but he did lose his last fight via TKO. Used to fight up at featherweight, and he is a pro grappler. That's all I got. So I, I'm going to say this fight's a pick him. It, it's an insanely... I mean, let's let's put it this way, actually. It's an insanely easy fight to break down. It's an insanely hard fight to call. Um, because I know exactly both of their paths to victory. They're both pretty clear. And it's just going to be like, which of these two scenarios happen? So first of all, you know, like Evans is a guy who looks like he has trouble committing on his strikes. Um, sometimes it looks like he gets about halfway through a strike and he's like, ah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And uh, sort of pulls his punches. But... He's got really good pressure. He, if he can get you up against the cage, he's got good takedowns up against the cage. He's got solid top game. And he's like light enough on his feet so that even when he's doing that goofy shit on his, uh, in his striking, he doesn't get lit up all the way. Now, Eglin, on the other hand, very different. Insanely fast on the feet. He's got a really nice one-two that sometimes he throws an uppercut at the end of to just like really mess up anybody who's ducking underneath. He's really good up against the cage too. Surprisingly good for a guy who you think might want to strike 98% of the time. Um, although he does grapple, maybe not 98% of the time. That might be uh, stretching it a little bit. But look, Eglin is also very exciting. Here's the big thing that only makes me not want to pick Eglin. And that's his gas tank was an issue in some of his losses. So like literally if Evans can put him up against the cage regularly and tire him out and stay away from the big shots, Evans is going to gain momentum late in the fight, maybe get a stoppage late in the fight. If he can't do that enough early on, Eglin is going to light him up on the feet. Eglin is going to look way better. Eglin might even get some top control time and bank a couple of rounds or finish him because he, he does got have some power here too. So that's the very clear way that this fight can go. One of those two ways. And I'm going to take Jack Eglund uh, just because the finishing power is there. He's finished two fights in the first round. And if you want to go back to his amateur or three fights in the first round, you want to go back to his amateur fight. He's got another one in there. I, I think he looks good enough that I can like give him the leeway here. And He's also got a lot more experience. I, I know the records don't look like either of them have experience, but he fought like 14 or 15 times as an amateur. So I actually think Eglin's experience there might carry. He trains at the lab. I'm hoping his cardio is a little better. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to say pick him. Give me Eglin. Maybe not the easiest fight to bet on, but definitely the most. It'll probably be one of the most fun to watch. All right, so Eglin's a pick. What number did you say we're going to get? I said, I said pick him. So what, negative 110? 110 it is. Gumby, all right, main event time. And it is at middleweights. Matthew Bonner, not the former basketball player, versus Darren Stewart. Um, three five-minute rounds. Darren, the dentist, Stewart, you may have heard of him. He's 14 and nine, eight knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, submitted twice. Six and two in cage warriors. He's won two straight fights. Before that, uh, he lost four straight with a no contest thrown in there as well. He went five and seven with two no contests in the UFC was a regional champion. He used to fight up at light heavyweight. Matthew, the beats Bonner 14, eight and one five knockouts, five submissions, never been finishing a fight 10 and five in cage warriors. He's won two straight fights and four of five. All of his wins over that five fight stretch have been via finish. He used to be the champion in cage warriors at this weight class, middleweight. He also used to fight at 170. He's two inches tall and Stewart don't have any reach info for him. And that's all I got. 
So I'm going to say uh, Bonner's going to be the slight favorite here. Probably negative 140. We'll get plus 120, 125 on the return for Stewart. Um, and I, I actually am going to side with Darren Stewart here. And you know I've kind of been a Darren Stewart hater in the past, especially when he was still in the UFC. But my my big problem here with Bonner is just that like he, he's really slow. Um, and he's slow on his feet. His every time he throws a jab, he kind of leans forward and his chin comes up a little bit. Um, he moves forward, but has a bad sense of range when he does so. So sometimes he's like way too close to throw the punches he's throwing. Um, sometimes he's way too far away. He does do a good job, and this is definitely his path to victory here and why he's going to be a favorite. He does do a decent job of ducking under big sloppy shots and getting like a body lock takedown or a double or something like that. But I think Darren Stewart has showed me, and, and this is why I like Darren Stewart as a slight dog here. I think he's shown me that he's decent enough at wrestling, right? Because like, I think out the gate, we all said, oh, you know, Darren Stewart, you know, kind of sucks at wrestling. And, uh, you know, like that was his big weakness. He's the dentist. He wants to punch your teeth in. Um, but like, he's looked good so far in cage warriors. Also, like he scored a couple of takedowns on Dustin Jacoby or Eric Anders and like, I mean, he took down Kevin Holland a bunch of times. Like, I think his wrestling maybe gets overlooked a little bit, and especially the defensive way. I think he hits harder. I think he's going to be faster on the feet. I think there's a chance he sleeps Bonner. All of those are enough to make me say, yeah, if he comes in at dog money here, yeah, give me Darren Stewart. What are you talking? Plus 100? Better than that? What are we talking? Yeah, I mean, if he comes in at any plus number, I, I think he's probably going to come in plus 125. But if he comes in at any plus number, I'm I'm cool with Darren Stewart here. All right. There you go. Five out of the nine fights broken down for you. The only only the way a gummy could do it. Who else is doing the Cage Warriors preview uh, episode? Maybe, uh, I guess, actually, Severe MMA probably is. But we're giving you gambling advice, too. So uh, let's recap. Darren Stewart, he's got his, hopefully, as a nice underdog. Uh, Eglin, hopefully, as a slight underdog, or at least a, a pick and fight. Um Davies probably as a pretty big favorite clamp as hopefully as an underdog and McEwen as a pretty big favorite, right? That sounds right to me. That sounds right to all the listeners as well. So uh, if you want to talk cage wars or anything else with us, we are on in the discord sports gummy slash discord. We're also on Twitter. Gumby runs our official account at SGPN MMA. Uh, he also can be found at Gumby Vreeland. And I can be found at Jeff Fox writer. You can find all my MMA writing and my free pick and contest at moneymma.substack.com. You can find more of Gumby in your ear holes at Top Turtle MMA Podcast. I'm not on that show, but it, it's still worth a listen. I've never missed an episode myself. Uh, and all good things in the sports gambling world, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We're coming back to you on Wednesday to talk UFC, an amazing fight card. Actually, Gumby, Gumby likes it. He told you last episode why. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday, but gu until then, Gummy's going to bid you farewell. Well, I'm David Gumby Freeland. He's Little Candy Jeff Fox, and we will see you on Wednesday.